Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Entrepreneur Architect Podcast, Episode 31. Welcome to this episode of the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast. My name is Mark R. LePage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. So we need to talk. And this episode, it might be a little bit uncomfortable because we're going to be talking about money. Are you making enough money to finish each month with a profit? Are you making enough money to live comfortably? Are you making enough to simply pay your bills? So many architects I know are not even making ends meet. We architects are notoriously horrible business people and my mission is to change that. So before we even get into anything, the first step, Share this podcast with everybody you know. Go to the blog, get the link, share that link with everybody you know, because Entrepreneur Architect is the first step towards making change. The community that we're building here and the things that we're learning are going to make changes from the ground up. And I believe deep down, we all want to be successful. We all want to make more money, but we're afraid. We're afraid to do the things that are necessary to make the money that we truly deserve. So on this week on the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast, I'm talking about money and and how to make more of it. And I'm talking about my architectural services sales system for 5Cat Studio.
So this week, we're going to get right into the feature topic. Successful businesses must perform certain tasks and techniques consistently in order to be successful. And one of those tasks is sales. No sales, no business, no success. It's as simple as that. So the first thought that comes to mind when you're thinking of sales is the, the schemey, sleazy used car salesman down on, on Main Street. But in fact, we're all selling. We're all selling all the time. When we present our initial schematic designs to our clients, we are selling. Every time we try to persuade someone to take some action, we are selling. In fact, I'm selling right now. I'm selling you on selling, or at least I'm trying to. Well, in order to be the success that we strive to be, in order to live the lives that we are truly meant to live, we need to change our mindsets on sales and selling. When I present a product or a service to a prospective client, I'm presenting them with something that will improve their lives. If hired, I'll use my expertise and my skills and my talents to literally change their lives. There's value in what I'm, what I'm providing. I'm offering to trade an improved life for money. You too are improving people's lives through the services that you provide as an architect. You're making the world a better place, and for doing so, you should be rewarded with payment. With this mindset, the more money you make, the more lives you've changed, and the more families you've strengthened, and the better world, the better the world becomes. So making money is good. Let's say that all together. Making money is good. Say it again. Making money is good. Good. Got it? So one of the problems we have in the architecture profession, and trust me, I know there are many, one of those problems is that we have allowed our perceived value to drop way below our true value. We have been afraid to charge the fees required to be successful in business. And the market is more than happy to agree with us. So we need to make some changes. So then, let's get into my sales system. And I'm going to start by telling you a little bit of a story about Five Cat Studio. After seven years of slow, consistent growth, in 2006, Five Cat Studio hit a plateau. Well, it was more like a wall. We were working hard, we designed projects that people talked about, and we were very well known in our market. And we acquired enough work to keep busy and to pay the bills. But we wanted to grow and I needed some help. So through my local business council, which is the Chamber of Commerce here in Westchester County, I discovered a program called the Academy of Entrepreneurial Excellence. It was a 15-week program where we met and we learned the fundamentals of business. It was at that program, when we hit the session on sales, that everything changed for me. It was sales that we were missing. We were great at marketing. Everybody knew who we were and what we did. I had plenty of opportunity, and I met with potential clients about twice a week. We were doing everything right, except sales. We had no sales system. A system is nothing more than an integrated process of steps that gets you results. And that's important because when architects hear the word system, their muscles get all tight and they get nervous and they get sweaty and they get all scared of the word system because they're gonna, it's going gonna, it's gonna to restrict their creativity 
A sales system is nothing more than an integrated process of steps that get you results. You already have a sales or a system for everything you do. You do things the same way every time. Those are systems. They're just, just not documented. So a sales system is a, an integrated process of steps for sales that get you results. So let me talk to you about my sales system and what it looks like today. There's several steps here, and I'm going to go through each step. So the first step is to qualify the client. When a client calls, and some clients now start with, uh, you know, start the process with an email, and that's happening more and more often, but, but typically it still starts with a telephone call. And when they call, I use a client qualification form that I've developed to guide our conversation. I start with asking their name, and I confirm the name's spelling. And that's very important because if you smell, smell, if you misspell, not smell, misspell, if you smell a potential client, you probably won't have much of a chance either. But if you misspell a potential client's name, you might as well scrap the rest of these steps. So I, I make sure I understand and I write it down how to spell their name. And then I collect their contact information, which I include their home information and their office and their telephone numbers and their email addresses and their postal addresses. Um, and, I, and, the, and I talk about the house and, I, the, um, and the year that the house was built. And then I ask them to describe the project and I listen. So by the time a client calls us, they have been through their own process of dreaming and saving and researching goal setting and designing the whole house themselves. They have a very specific expectation for what they're seeking. And often those expectations are inaccurate or just flat out wrong. And you could thank HGTV and other shows like that, other channels like that, uh, for, for spreading you know, unrealistic expectations to our clients. But by listening to them carefully, I learned many things about not only the project, but about the person on the other end of the phone, my potential client. I often know whether a client is a good fit for my firm from just the few short minutes lis listening to them on the telephone. And it's not often, but occasionally, I'll actually pass on a project simply from the vibe I feel from this initial conversation. And I've determined my target market for my firm. so. I also know very quickly whether the project being described hits our target. I don't take every project that rings my phone. I know which projects are best for my firm and I pick the ones that will best meet those requirements. I often say sometimes you make more money from the clients you choose not to serve. Think about that. When I know that a project and the client are a good fit for my firm, I schedule an interview to meet the client and review the project in person. I offer this interview as a, quote, complimentary initial cons uh, consultation, which is what everybody expects. I explain that there's no charge for this meeting and that the intent is to learn more about the project. It provides them an opportunity to confirm that we are right for them and that they are a good fit for us. And I leave it open-ended with no obligations so they know that there's no pressure to meet with us. Qualifying the client is very, very important. We don't have much time to get the things done that we're already trying to do, so wasting time on a prospect that will never become a client does not lead to success for your firm. So, number one, qualify the client. Number two, 
Establish rapport. When I, when I meet a prospect, I make the meeting all about them. My marketing strategy has already qualified my, my firm in their mind, so my goal at this meeting is to build a relationship. Remember, people hire people that they know and like and trust. I've already become familiar to them through my firm's blog and during our initial telephone conversation. I have earned trust through my reputation and my testimonials, referrals, and, and good word of mouth. This meeting is my opportunity to show a prospective client what a nice person that I am and how easy it might be to work with me and my firm. It's my opportunity to establish a rapport with this person. I ask them for a tour of the house and for them to share their ideas for the project as we walk. I ask lots of questions about them and their family and their interests. I try to find common ground. Maybe they have kids with similar ages to my own. People we know or, or possible familiar places that I might recognize in photos displayed around the house. If you haven't read Dale Carnegie's iconic book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, buy it right now after this podcast and read it tomorrow. It's a great place to learn about how to build rapport with people that you've just met. It was the first book that, I've, that I ever read about business and it's still one of my top 10 favorites. So number one is qualify the client. Number two is establish rapport. Number three, the third step, confirm credibility. As I listen to a prospective client, I'm, I'm more concerned with the problems they share with me than the project they're describing. We architects are problem solvers. Our designs look beautiful and they impress clients' friends, but our true value is in solving our clients' problems and improving their lives. When I fully understand the problems they're sharing, I describe them in my own words, confirming to the client that I've been listening. I then share some ideas and I describe how our services will help solve their problems. I try to share ideas that they have not yet already considered, which reinforces our credibility and our ability to create innovative solutions. I then give them an opportunity to ask me questions. I'm prepared to answer every question that they might have for me. The questions always revolve around our fee or the duration of the process or the cost of their project. I describe our fee and I set appropriate expectations about our process. I'm always honest, and my answers are very often very different from what they expect. Our process typically takes more time, and our fee is higher than is often expected, and I explain our full-service process and the benefits that they'll receive from our involvement, from generating ideas all the way through completion of the punch list. Setting expectations up front will allow the remaining process to proceed much more smoothly resulting in much happier clients. And if this meeting goes well and the project is, you know, it's appropriate for our firm, I'll offer to prepare a written fee proposal. I ask them to complete a client contact information form, which is another form that I use, which confirms the information that I gathered earlier over on the telephone and makes the meeting feel more official. I leave them with two business cards, one for them and one for a friend, and I promise to send them our proposal before a specific date. And step number four is send the proposal. Our proposal, which, 
which also acts as our agreement between owner and architect. It's written in a plain, easy-to-understand language. It clearly describes our fee, the process of our architectural services, and it covers all the legal requirements for the project. I send this document by email within a few days of our meeting. By sending the proposal sooner than the client expects, it further establishes our credibility and our professionalism. I then prepare a printed proposal package which includes a firm branded folder containing a cover letter, our proposal, a list of references, another business card, and several project sheets. Project sheets are photographic case studies of projects similar to the one that the client's considering. The proposal package is then mailed out on the same day the proposal is emailed to the client. And I send it first class mail by, you know, postal USPS. The, um, the package takes a day or two to arrive in the client's mailbox. And the email gives them the document really quickly and the printed package arrives a few days later and it reminds them that we're professionals and we want to be their architect. So. You get the email, and then a few days later, they get a reminder that we're awesome. So, and if you're interested in my proposal, um, I have the hybrid proposal for architectural services. I offer a course and a template on that proposal, and you could purchase it at entrearchitect.com slash hybrid. So number four, let me go through again. Number one is qualify the client. Number two is establish rapport. Number three is confirm credibility. And number four, send the proposal Number five, follow up and then follow up again. And this is the part that my original sales system was missing, the follow up. I thought that I was done once I sent the proposal. If they want to hire us, they'll send us a check and a signed contract, right? Wrong. We need to follow up. We need to remind them that we're the right firm for them. And we need to ask them for the project. So here's what I do these days. I allow the client to review the documents I sent and to compare them to others they may be considering. And if we're good at what we do, we should want a prospective client to compare us to others. We are better for the project than the others, and we've proven that through our process. So the comparison will actually help us win the project. A few days after sending our proposal, I call the, I call the prospective client and I confirm that they've received the package and ask them if they have any questions. I remind them that we're available to start their project as soon as they're ready, and I remind them that we want the job. I don't pressure them. I just make sure that they know that I'm sincerely interested. I ask them if there's anything keeping them from proceeding with us. This question gives us the opportunity to address any additional concerns or learn uh, that they are, in fact, leaning towards us as their architect. And I offer to meet again to review the proposal in person. If they choose to meet, we are on our way to a new project. And if not, I ask them if I could follow up in a week or so. I then go through the, the follow-up process all over again. If after the second follow-up they don't proceed, I move my focus to other prospects. But I don't give up. About a month later, I send an email inquiring about the project. It is often that a prospective client has just not made up their mind yet, and the additional follow-up may just be the incentive they need to get started. So that's how I do it. That's my architectural services sales system for 5CAT Studio. Does it sound familiar? I'm sure to many of you that it does, because I'm sure many of you are doing 
very similar things. But I'm also quite certain that like myself, many of you are not. So I have some homework for you. A few weeks back, I shared my original business plan for Five Cat Studio right here on the podcast. If you haven't listened, or if you want to listen to it again, it's over at entrearchitect.com slash episode 24. And I hope that that episode inspired you to write your one-page business plan. If so, for homework, I want you to go back and review your business plan, specifically your mission. That's your purpose. Your mission is your purpose. And when you sell your services, sell with purpose. Sell with your purpose in mind. Because you're not in this for money or else you'd be doing something very different. You're working towards something much more important, something bigger than money, and you want to share it with as many people as possible. So sell with purpose. And the beautiful thing is that the more you share and you sell with purpose, the more money you're going to make. So try this system with your next prospective client and let me know how it works because it works for me. And I hope that it makes you lots and lots of money because the world deserves it. Do you have a great sales system? Please share your ideas with us by heading over to the blog and leaving a comment at entrearchitect.com slash episode 31. That's the post for this episode, episode 31. And before we wrap up, I want you to let you know that, and I did this last week, I want you to know that I have a very important announcement about the first session of Entree Architect Academy, the online business training course for architects. The first session will not be announced to the general public. The first session will only be offered to members of the Academy mailing list and space for session one is going to be very limited. So if you want to be notified about details for the first session of Entree Architect Academy, go to entrearchitect.com slash courses, sign up, join that list, and you'll have an opportunity to enroll in session number one coming up soon. I also want to remind you to leave a review or ratings uh, for iTunes. EntreeArchitect.com slash iTunes will send you to my iTunes page on the web. Just click that button that's labeled View in iTunes and it will open up your iTunes app. Uh, or you could just open up your iTunes app and, and search for entre, uh, Entrepreneur Architect. And right there on iTunes on the app, you can leave your review for the show. And I'd love to know what you think. So please go do that. Um, EntreeArchitect.com slash iTunes. So that's it for this week. I do appreciate you listening. So until next week, my name is Mark R. LePage, and I am an entrepreneur architect. See you next week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders, Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, 
Stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like, us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.